0: Listeners, this is Mary. I just wanted to let you know that the episode you're about to hear was recorded before the coronavirus spread into a pandemic and fundamentally changed all of our lives. Um, We at Outrageous Mechanisms uh, encourage our listeners to practice social distancing and wash their hands regularly. We're here for you and hope this podcast will in some small way help keep your spirits up in these trying times. And be sure to join us
1: next Friday and every other Friday, where in addition to our regular content on our off weeks, you will find episodes where we are recapping season three of Westworld. Mary hasn't seen season two. I have. You don't really need to have watched it and talking a little bit about what life is like during this pandemic
0: in near real time. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to Space Frouds, the sci-fi movie podcast for bad bitch feminists. I'm Kate, and with me is the superhero sidekick slash main hero slash what are heroes and what are sidekicks? Who cares? Who knows? Because
0: my bestie Mary Johnson's here. What up? Hi. Great? I'm an enigma. I'm a shadow. <laughs> Hanging out. Do you like how thematic I got there? How deep? I liked it. I liked it. Yes. Yes. In a a world where there are just so many superheroes. Here's another one. Hello.
1: (laughs) Well, and and in a world in which everyone is either a superhero or a sidekick and nothing in between. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Today we're obviously going to talk about Sky High, but before we dive
0: in, uh, at Mary's behest, I have an unusual treat for us. We can have a bit of goop for a treat. <laughs> I I would like
1: to uh, warn people who might be related to me who are listening to this, uh, or or not. Like we're just going to be talking about things that are a little bit more sexually explicit, not titillating, but sexually explicit. For the intro, after that, it's pretty much a kids' movie. So you
0: know, feel yeah. free to skip ahead. No big deal. Fair. Yep. All right. Everyone's strapped in. (laughs) This is about to get steamy in here. Um, So I have seen every single episode except for one of Goop Lab, which is bragging about watching five episodes of television, to be clear. (laughs) I have watched one episode, so... Uh, You've watched the only one you have to watch, in my opinion. So Goop Lab... Uh, dropped on Netflix in late January of of this year, two thousand and twenty, mm-hmm. and I basically watched it to have some like like basically as a laugh, right? Like Goop is yeah. is is highly mockable. Um, it looked <laughs> yeah. it looked ridiculous, and so I made it through the first two episodes, and. You know, I I don't really There are some people who are like It is pseudoscience and that is wrong I don't really feel that way about it I generally think sure. You know it, it, People are selling you expensive snake oil I don't believe a lot of it But I don't really think there's anything sure. inherently wrong Or bad or that you're a dumb person or Or a fool If you want to get a vampire facial It's fine, I don't care It's fine also, like literally, the
1: world is complicated and yeah, the world is complicated. you're you're welcome to try different things and do whatever you want, like live your live your best life as long as it's
0: not hurting other people, right Yeah exactly. Right. that's that's exactly how I feel about it. Yeah. And who am I to judge? But right, unexpectedly, as I'm watching <laughs> things about how you need to plunge your body into very, very cold Arctic waters to teach your body how to respond to stress, Um, There was an episode, episode three, called The Pleasure is Ours that I was actually moved by and thought was really, really solid and really, really good and very important. And I asked you, my bestie, to watch Uh it because I thought it would be great to talk about for uh, Space Bras, this show, which you're listening to right now.
1: And uh, let me tell you, uh, since this is like kind of like a tiny mini episode, uh, a micro episode, if you will, uh, my first impression was, hey, I like this. And also, Betty and I have the same pet peeve, which is that, hey, guys, it's called your vulva, unless you're talking about your birth canal, which is your vagina. And bonus points here, did you know that a vagina... The name comes from the term sword sheath. So when you use that term to refer to your pleasurable organs, what you're doing is you're saying that you are defined by the fact that you can accommodate a penis. So
0: you know, yeah, uh, not great, not, not great. great. So we're talking about episode three, "The Pleasures Ours," um, which is about the sex education icon Betty Dodson and her creative partner uh, Carlin Ross. And what this episode is about is about masturbating and orgasming. That's what's about. And they're gonna base and these two fine ladies walk the uh, walk a cisgendered woman through how to have an orgasm, and it's awesome. Yeah, it I, really is. You know, not everything has to do with everything, right? So I think that this is awesome and groundbreaking. I, it doesn't have to be said that this does not necessarily discuss the challenges of be of non-binary or transgendered people sure. achieving orgasms. I'm, sh- you know, th- that's that's not really their deal, and that's okay. But what yeah, it does do, it does in the right very direction. well. Yeah, yeah, totally for sure. And and also like it's one of those situations where um, I'm sure if you brought it up with either of them, they would agree with you. Like they would be like, yeah, oh, that's really not? important. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 100%. I bet that they actually do know a lot about that, but, like, that just wasn't the conversation. They're fucking badass.
0: I kind of, like, broke it down into highlights. Okay. Yeah, highlight it. I've known about Betty Dodson before, but she is just such a treat. She's 90 years old. She's sharp as a tack. She's warm, but she's not saccharine. She's the kind of lady who you want to give you, you would like to be, like, you'd be, like, please, give me a tour of my vulva, I would love that. That yeah. sounds great. Yeah, and it's like just the right amount of like seventies shag carpet, like <laughs> yeah. that kind of yeah. feel to t- to make it that actually is comfortable. To make yeah, to make it actually feel like um like almost like yeah, this has been around. Like we've been doing this kind of stuff for a long time. Like it's not it's not it's not. She doesn't. She herself acknowledges that. Um, what she does is groundbreaking, but her basic message is it shouldn't be because we all, this is part of our bodies. Like it's, it's fine. Yeah. And she's yeah. been talking about it for a really long time. And I love how lo fi it is. Like one of her central things is like, you should look, if you're, you know, if you've got, Evolva, take a look at it. Get a hand mirror and a desk lamp and take a look. Like, it's good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've seen a lot of sex education media that really focuses in, and this stuff is important, and they talk about it a little bit, too. But they really focus in about how everybody is different and everybody has unique needs and it's important to be in touch with those unique needs, blah, 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 blah. And they talk about that when we get to, like, um, Isabella... uh, frapper and her like yeah the communicating your needs right yeah all that stuff is super important usually that's where it ends and you're kind of like well okay but like if i don't know any like pretend i don't know anything (laughs) (laughs) talk
1: to me like i'm an idiot right
0: or like so what you're telling me is, like, you just need to be, like, more spontaneous and be willing to, like, try things. And you're like, but I don't even know how to, like, do, like, the vanilla stuff yet. Like, I don't yeah. know. I don't know how to make, like, a basic stir fry. I can't just start, like, throwing in new vegetables yet. Like, I don't know. Yeah. So teach yeah. me how to do the basics. and Show I, me how to saute. Right. Yeah. Right. And I really appreciated that they were like, everybody is unique. Everybody is different. With that said, if you do the following steps... of you will get off. I really really appreciate that. And maybe it'll take longer or shorter or like maybe you'll need to like tweak it, but you'll at least be on the right path to know if it's working for you or not. And I, yeah. so I thought that that was great. It's um me too. I feel sort of weird about it cuz like I feel comfortable talking about the steps that they go through, but like I don't want to necessarily be like and this is what it's all about like cuz cuz you should hear it from Betty, you should hear it from Ross. <laughs> like you yeah, should hear Watch from- the episode, 100%. I actually think that this is like the per- this
1: episode would be like the would perfect, be a perfect gateway for talking to young women. Perfect. Like may- maybe Honestly, I don't- maybe even little boys. I don't I- I know. I think
0: Every person, every human alive would benefit from watching this, to be honest with you. I don't care if you don't have a vulva. I don't care if you're not interested in vulvas. Like, it's just, it's an important thing to see because we don't, male genitalia is so, and penises is what I mean. Penises and balls are so normalized. I was just Mm -hmm. in Italy. I saw millions, millions of marble penises and balls. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Like they, they like they're just everywhere. And you never yeah. and 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 people will make arguments that those aren't real either and blah blah blah, but they're a lot they're a hell sure, of a sure, lot sure. normaler than just a mysterious smooth V spot. Like, yeah. It's what is what most of it is. And It, it is, yeah. Right. And so, so... I f- M- Mary, to, to, to evoke our teeth
1: podcast, women have a natural modesty. That's, that, uh- That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Um, it's totally natural. Not, not you know, internalized or projected.
0: Yeah. But I, I think everyone should watch this. And I think it would be something that if you, like, like should be taught in, like, like public health, like, te- high schools. Like, this would be great. You got to talk about I this mean, stuff. I mean, yeah. I don't...
1: I never got any education around pleasure like oh no hell I, no you know yeah i like honestly the most supportive experience i had around pleasure was literally you and i going and buying a vibrator when i was a teenager because i decided i wanted to give my virginity to myself because i Aww. thought virginity was a construct and like fuck that and, and you were right um, and I was totally right. Like, it really is. And, hey, hey guys, just like any other construct, if you want to put value in it, it has value. I'm not telling you you can't feel special about the first person you had sex with, blah, 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 whatever. I'm saying you don't have to feel tied to someone for the rest of your life just because you chose to have sex with them yeah. for the first time. It's totally okay. If
0: the concept of virginity is bumming you out. Uh, you don't have to buy in you can you can leave it at the door yeah just that's fine out. it's fine in order in order in
1: order to not deal with it i opted out gave it to myself and had a good last time but like that was that was the most like um that was the most liberating thing i did and it wasn't anything that was taught to me and i had to do a lot of teaching myself and you know it's good that you were there and supportive but like yeah. you know it 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 is weird that we don't talk or teach around pleasure at all
0: However, however you feel about what should be taught and what shouldn't be taught and what le- in mm-hmm. schools or, or, or whatever, everyone has to agree that male orgasms are normal and female orgasms are mysterious and hard to Ooh. achieve, Ooh. Yeah. which, by the way, has to be bad for men as well, because there have to be some men who are not good at orgasming right away. Like it's, it is, it is kind of a skill, right? Yeah. Like, and yeah. and your body learns and you go through, you go through periods where it's easier and you go through periods where it's harder and it, it's just, yeah. it's just normal. It's like anything else with your body. Your body has good days. Your bodies have bad days. Your genitals have good days. Your genitals have bad days. And yeah, and it's stress
1: a, can affect it. Yeah. Like, you know. Hormones.
0: It's all fine. But can you, I mean, like I can only imagine um, that there are men who have who have dif- who have difficulty and then and how alienating must yeah. that be as well so if we totally. just if we were just like look pleasure is for everybody and the number one place that you can experience it and the one of the best ways that you can learn how to communicate with somebody else is if you masturbate and figure it yeah. out for your and like figure out how your particular set of equipment works and what you like and then yeah Have the and then have the support and confidence of somebody who's willing to listen to you if when and if you want to have sex with somebody, you know, Mm -hmm. everyone should watch it. I would recommend it as well. I don't care. Mm -hmm. I don't care how you feel about vulvas. I don't care if you're gay, straight, a man, a woman, uh, non binary. You should watch this. It's life affirming to see. It's powerful. Yeah. I feel like we're ready to talk about a coming of age story now, right? Yeah. Hell yeah. Let's let's dive right in. Okay, cool. So today we are talking about Sky High. We're we're shaking off we're shaking off the 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 weight of a big, large, mythologically complex series and just having a bit of fun. Um, having a good ass time. And uh this, so I just wanted to give you a little bit of background about how this came to be because it's, it's an unusual movie. We're talking about Sky High, it was a uh, summer uh, popcorn flick that came out uh, in 2005. And it is unusual in that it is a superhero movie that is separate from any of the uh, comic book publishing houses. It's not DC. It's not Marvel. It's its own standalone thing. And it was apparently a script that was being kicked around and like unshelved and reshelved constantly since uh, the 1990s um, until the people, the creative team behind uh, Disney's Kim Possible um, were recruited to take a whack at the rewrite. And they did apparently quite a bit to it. They did a lot of structural changes um, and just kind of like mo- like modernized it for that time. I mean, it was, it was over 10 years old. And, of course, it's about kids, so you can't, you know, there, there's some work yeah, to be you done.
1: Got, you got to make it modern in order for it to be about kids.
0: And while I was researching it, um, researching its origin story, I came across this uh, quote from the director, um, Mike uh, Mitchell. And he was saying that much like the Kim Possible universe, um, Sky High functions on two premises. Number one, all the adults are insane. And number two, the girls are smarter than the boys. Um, Yep. Therefore, and he continues that, therefore, all the adults portrayed in the films are caricatured while the teenage girls are written as the assertive and powerful voice, especially over their male counterparts. I this is like a total death of the author kind of thing. I think that his first point is like technically true, but like a little bit more um, rich than just being like they're do they're goofy uh, because I find I the adults in this quite interesting. Um, yeah. but I definitely the second point is I feel that hard and is probably why we're talking about this today.
1: I, th- I think 100% like when you mentioned that we were going to talk about Sky High I wasn't really sure and then I watched it and I was like first off I think I s- I know it came out in theaters yeah for sure I'm 90% sure I saw this on the Disney Channel at one point as, uh, as a youth so whatever, uh, that's my take. Um, I don't
0: even know if this is a Disney property. It just feels very it is. Disney. Okay, it, it is. is. It feels fact, very. It, on it feels Disney plus right. This coming December. But oh, right oh, that's now, HBO right. Has the rights for it. Why does yeah. Disney Plus do that? It, I've like a lot of things that have teased me with. They they only want to
1: have stuff that they have the solo rights to. Uh, so stuff that they already had
0: agreements with, they can't put on yet. That's why. I know, but it's rude. And a couple things that are, like, on theaters. I I It's rude to, like, tease me. I've multiple times been like, oh, this is on. I'll watch this. And then it's, like, not coming until over a year from now. I'm like, why are you doing this to me? Um, I agree. For those of you that have not seen Sky High or people who have not seen it in over a decade (laughs) with, like, a refresh, um, Uh this is a film about uh, teenagers Will and Layla who are beginning their freshman year at Sky High, which is a floating high school for superhero teens. Uh, Immediately, their freshman class is separated into two groups. Hero track is for students with impressive powers, and the quote-unquote hero support, or sidekicks, is the track for students with lamer powers. Uh, Layla and Will, for different reasons, both land in hero support, and despite the the social blow <laughs> that that causes them uh, mm-hmm. they they find themselves genuinely enjoying their teachers and classmates um, but as of all things in high school changes in the winds at the end of the day does power corrupt even if it's referencing uh, referring to super strength and manifesting fireballs we'll find out in Sky High Sky We live in a uh, post-Marvel universe takeover, complete saturation of superheroes, um, Mm -hmm. and it makes this movie, or it makes the world that we are living in quite different from the world of uh, summer 2005. So I thought it would be a good idea to just kind of give some context of what space Sky High was coming into. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely at this time, Tobey Maguire's uh, Spider-Man series was the shit like it came out in the first one hit in 2002. The second one came out in 2004. The third one is still on its way, but it was like kind of defining what it was to be a successful uh, superhero film at this point.
1: At the very least, the first of those Spider-Man movies was considered to be, like, wildly successful. Yeah. I had it on VHS and watched it multiple times.
0: Yeah, same. I I think I saw it more than once in theaters because I was, like, a child and that's what you did. Isn't that crazy to think Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. (laughs) 2005 doesn't feel like a long time ago for us, but... But Sky High was not the only uh, superhero jaunt out that year. Um, it's sharing the marquee with Batman Begins, which kind of rush- ushered in its own little renaissance of what it meant to be a superhero film, but it had like just come out. And then mm-hmm. the largely forgettable um, Fantastic Four with Jessica Alba was also out this oh, summer. Geez. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. so and um the next big so i would say that christopher nolan's batman kind of redefined what it is to be a superhero film so it's it's like cresting right and then iron man in 2008 still three years away will kind of bring in the marvel renaissance of what it is to be a superhero film
1: yeah i'd like to contextualize this a little bit with uh with another pop culture flashback um Batman Begins, the Christopher Nolan trilogy, was, as you said, uh, a redefinition of what things could be. If Spider-Man, if the Tobey Choir Spider-Man movie said, hey, superheroes can have a budget and be successful, like, that was new. Then Christopher Nolan was like, yeah, and they can be hella dark. And I just want to reference Liz Lemon, my, my dear girl, who I don't necessarily agree 100% with this, but she said maybe things that men like are boring to women football motorcycles steak restaurants really dark superhero (laughs) movies these are things that suck um i like motorcycles
0: (laughs) i like motorcycles too uh and i like steaks but i I I don't really like
1: i don't like steak restaurants though she's right steak restaurants i like steaks yeah yeah and she likes steak and and i and i Sometimes in the dark superhero movie, but like also bring out the cheese and the camp and the fun, you well, know.
0: So totally, and um, and I think that that's something that we sort of see in its own modest way with Sky High. And I, wanted, I know, I agree. Yeah. yeah, that's why I wanted to bring it pull up, pull that out. Yeah, and yeah. so just to take us a little bit back, like I think the conversation that Sky High has with uh with the Spider Man uh, stories. Is that and 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 you know when I look back on Tobey Maguire's Spider Man, um, and really it's Sam Raimi's Spider Man, I of course, of course, of course, I cringe quite a bit because I the thing I remember the most from it is that it was sort of this like red, white, and blue safety blanket that we tucked around our bodies to reassure Mm -hmm. ourselves of the exceptionalism that exists in every proud American. And yep. it, it was like very, very reactionary. Post nine eleven, yeah, I mean, it, right. It, it was very reactionary to that. I mean, like the scene I think of, and that's like most emblematic of this, is at the end of the first one when Spider Man has saved the day. And it's you know it's like New York baby like that's like that's a huge part of this too, and he yeah. swings on top of the Empire State Building and is standing in front of an American flag and is just like yeah this is this is the wor- way the world is son, and now you look back at it you're like oh that's that's makes my stomach turn what a dinosaur what like. To know yeah. to know the like the bush years that that would usher in and now... Oh my God, right? And just like the, the, the political landscape that that mindset has created and now has like putrefied into is awful. Um, but...
1: You know, spe- speaking of a superhero
0: we don't
1: deserve but that we need, I want to shout out Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh uh, my uh, Miles God! Morales. I,
0: we are going to do that because, movie for this podcast. Yeah, we
1: we are going to do that movie because it is... I just I feel like you have like if we're talking about Sam Raimi's Spider-Man and like in the evolution of Spider-Man movies, I am incredibly grateful that twenty nineteen we got to stand on the precipice of enjoying was it twenty eighteen? Doesn't matter. We
0: got to stand and enjoy yeah, Spider-Man and Spider-Verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Twenty eighteen. Yep. Um I love mm-hmm. that. That movie is so so bomb. We got very, do it. very good. So good. Yep. So as much as I look back on Sam Raimi's Spider-Man and I'm like blech, I I do have to admit I do have to admit that it did pivot the genre In a way Mm -hmm. that definitely Christopher Nolan would like back up from, which is sort of strange when you think about it. In a really funny way. In a really funny way. It's just like too diametrically opposed. But he pivoted the genre into inviting the viewers, and mostly it was because we had like, we were like, had a national identity crisis, right? On our hands. Yeah, totally. Inviting the viewers to identify more with the hero behind the mask. So, like, if you think about not Nolan's Batman, but the, but like, um, like the first Batman movie uh, with Jack Nicholson as the Joker um, Mm -hmm. and then the Batman movies of the nineties, really you have sort of Bruce Wayne who in and of himself is like the most extremely unrelatable person in the world. Right. One hundred percent. And even his story, the moments where you could feel his like pathos or his, his pain, is is mostly used to sort of like give a little bit of background color and then provide motivation for his adventures when he's wearing the mask. And, and Spider-Man yeah. does the same sort of thing. But when you think about those movies, you mostly think about Peter Parker. You don't think about Spider-Man.
1: Exactly. And Peter Parker is a more relatable kid. Like, Whoa, yeah. you know, we 100%. haven't all been... 100%. We haven't all been bitten by a radioactive spider, but he's still like a dorky kid who like has uh, heroics thrust upon him Mm -hmm. and has no choice but to protect and save the
0: people that he loves. Right. He he lives in a modest... Bungalow in the New York burbs. He's, with his with his grandparents with, yeah. with his grandparents, right? He has uh, I mean like Antonio Maguire I guess they're aunt
1: and uncle, but you know what I mean. They're yeah, older. Adults, they're older adults, they're
0: older folks. Um that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he has like, you know, and McGuire Maguire is like the he's sort of like uh Zoe Deschanel in that they're like unbelievably attractive people, but they seem attainable. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, like, he has, like, boyish looks. I could get him if I wanted. But, like, obviously not because they're movie stars. So (laughs) I don't, it's like a weird. I just like to put
1: a little pause here and just say I've never understood anyone's attraction to Tobey Maguire. There, I said it. But he seems like a, a real definitely not Kate's boy. <laughs> definitely uh, not, not a Mary's <laughs> boy either. But I do understand. I think it is <laughs> no, attraction. No, I, I understand too.
0: Yeah, he, his attraction he's, is that he he's s- got a body and shit. Seems like a, a body with body. Normal person, like, but uh, but in a, nor- yeah. a very, like a very normcore way. And so yeah, he totally normcore. Yeah, and so and and actually, I feel like this legacy is is holding out because the Marvel movies now and usually when you when people talk about why Marvel is much better at making superhero movies than DC is they say it's because Marvel like gets into their characters makes it a very character driven story they get into their characters flaws and motivations and like highlight them and and build the story around the individuals versus um like cri- around the the heroics yeah. yeah yeah and that makes you care about them and that pulls pulls you in and then you see like a million movies about them and yeah. Definitely not in the same way, because Marvel has, of course, made this like giant epic kind of built around these character arts. I would say that in a far more modest way, and it kind of has beaten that horse to death, but (laughs) in a more modest way, I see um, what Sky High is doing, which is to even suggest that superheroes, that super super beings could get caught up in the kind of like the petty micro tragedies of being a high school student It is doing something really similar there. Without without Spider-Man, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man for context, I'm not sure a movie like this exists. And I suspect it got unshelved because that's how we felt at this time. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, I do... I don't have the same gut wrench about it um, because I think that Sky High leans uh, far more satirical than Sam Raimi's does. And even, yeah, it lets itself be campy and cheesy in a way that, like, Sam Raimi's movie was kind of
1: saying superheroes don't need, like, superhero films don't need to be all cheese and puns. Like, that was part of what made it palatable to such a wider audience. It could be taken a little bit more seriously without being serious. Right.
0: Know? I and I would I would even double down and say that Spider Man was not cheesy, but it was very sincere. Like it was like it's earnest or er, deeply earnest, which I think is part of why yeah. you're like, ooh, when you think back on it. Exactly. Yeah. When you think back on it, because it, it took itself very, yeah, not seriously, but it was so earnest about itself. Yeah. But I think that Sky High introduces things that are sort of that are, are far more. Comments on society and like satirical yes. and, and, and mockery and, and the way that, and the reason they can get away with it is because it's told on such a micro scale like the commander is not an intellectual property that must be protected in and of himself. He can be yes. a buffoon and, and we are invited to think he is a buffoon and that doesn't hurt anybody. Yep. Right. Right. Yeah.
1: There's there's no one who's like, I grew up with the commander. How like, dare you? No, he, how dare you yeah, make exactly. him this way? Like they can, Character assassination. Yeah, yeah you totally. can <laughs> get away with
0: that. And then you also have this influence from all these kids in the hall founders that are in this movie. They're all the teachers yeah. who yeah. who have that as like an element of their comedy. So and I and I know that those guys did like a bunch of script punch up on this movie. So I think that that is yeah. kind of where you start to get that influence. And it's crazy because even if you compare this to Iron Man, which I have not seen in a long time, but I remember like loving when I saw it in theaters. Um, I really loved and it. And then it was like a revelation and I, probably I still would really enjoy it. But like, even that, even though Tony Stark is like the king of sort of like a witticism or a goof, even that I think is less satirical than this movie is. And we don't really get into like flawed people in the Marvel universe to this degree until we get to gardens of the galaxy, which is in 2014. So I think that sky high yep. is, is a little bit ahead of the curve. It's before it's time in many ways. I agree. I agree. Which is why I can't wait
1: to talk about it because I think that some of the themes in it, Um, I watch, I watched this movie uh, for a podcast with a friend and we were talking about how like parts of it are revolutionary for its time, but in a way that like things that were probably a laugh line then or moments of empowerment now.
0: Oh a hundred percent. hundred percent. And like, you know. And that's amazing. And that's kind of cool. Um It's really cool. I did want to take a quick moment to just say does so you and I were so you and I were sixteen when this movie came out. So we were actually honestly probably a little bit too old for this movie when it came out. I became really into this. I'm surprised we never watched this together. I became really into Sky High the next summer right before I went to college. Um and I, I like I mean, honestly, it. that might have been when I watched it. I think we like, must just I have, just, seen I have it a together. big
1: memory of like watching it like, at someone's house or something, you know? Yeah. So it must have been you. That's, that's, it's that's the only me. thing that makes sense. It's gotta yeah. be me.
0: Um, it's gotta be you. It's anyway. It's gonna be May. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> i <laughs> uh, When I watch this movie, I'm like, that's about right. For how I remember this time period being and looking and feeling yes. and sounding. In fact... Oh, my God. It's so close to the bone that when I watch magenta's performance the, the the actress that plays magenta it's almost a little bit painful to me how much i wanted to like cop that performative pop punk sullenness that she has and like the way she looks <laughs> like it's like that performance is a little gut-wrenching for me to watch i'm like oh that's the way i wanted to be yuck oh, no. i just heard my too
1: before you went to college when we were going through photos at uh, <laughs> in your parents house and we found some of them where like you had your hand in front of your face like don't yep. look at me like while taking a selfie and they were the funniest best things I also have cheesy photos but only Mary, getting like, funnier. that like yeah. only getting funnier yeah. as time
0: goes on um, <laughs> yeah. the fashion of this like all those like tank tops on top of tank tops on top of another tank top like that yeah. feels very real um, I also feel like this movie does a fairly good job of portraying kids the way I remember them being. Like, a lot of teen movies uh, almost yeah. work on, um, the character serving the plot, not the other way around. Like, a lot of, they're almost, they're almost, like, farces where everything's, like, a misunderstanding, and the misunderstanding drives the action. This doesn't really do that. Like, you don't, in a lesser movie, you would have Will believe Gwen when she's acting real shady and instead he's yeah. like pretty smart in the way kids are where he's like wait a minute no that's not right that's like my oldest friend dude like no like something, yeah. something's not right here. I,
1: I loved that scene so just just alright in case you're just listening to this and don't want to watch uh, the movie which you know fine you live your best life it's available on HBO Go though if you like saying. to watch it or HBO Now but uh, Gwen has come in and uh, is
0: manipulating. She's the popular uh, mean girl
1: She's a popular mean girl who doesn't seem mean when she's around like Will, but then When like, she's around alone, boys, like...
0: but when she's around girls, she's mean. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so, uh, she like, basically forced Will to have a party against his, like, knowledge, really? It's 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 rude and bizarre. There was a and, non-consensual and a shady, party. Like, <laughs> a non-consensual party. There was no consent about this party. And, uh, Layla, who's his neighbor and best friend, like, uh, sees there's a party com- going on, comes inside and she's basically like, notices that Layla's coming I was like will you go get me like an impossible specific soda that will take you a minute to find and Layla comes up and she was like get out of here he obviously doesn't want you he's avoiding you because like you're lame blah 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 and then like she leaves and he notices her and Gwen's like oh I mean you're just you're too cool for her now and he's like whoa that sucks that's my best friend You know, get out. Instead of like it just being like, Oh, I guess like every other teen movie where it's like, Oh, that that's weird. That was my best friend. I Okay, well, whatever. And instead, like, you know, he's actually like a person. It's like, nah, this that
0: that's, that's this a bizarre doesn't, this move, doesn't lady. smell right. Something's wrong. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Totally. Which I think is 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 what also makes it endearing to this day. Like agreed, when I
1: agreed. Like, I was really nervous when I was watching it that scene. Nervous is the wrong way. But I was like, oh, here we go. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I was ple- I was pleasantly surprised when pleasantly I saw how surprised. that scene played out.
0: Mm-hmm. It's refreshing. Yeah. I mean, like it it doesn't give into sort of John Hughesian nonsense where you you think that the people are are like puppets. Like, everyone does feel fairly real, even though this is like... Yeah, it's not a Greek tragedy. No. Uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Also, no one is, like, um, assaulted for laughs in this movie, which is... Uh, yeah, Jesus, oh, right. right. Which is much more than John Hughes' movies. Um, yes. I, I do want to say, um, I'd be really surprised if we didn't watch this uh, together because uh, Layla, the badass feminist... Hero of this movie has always has always always reminded me of you. This is how I remember you being in my life as a teenager, and girl, yeah. And she kind of looks, and she also kind of looks like you. Um, so you know. You were a redhead oh. for part of high school. So. I, I was because
1: I had, um, I tried to dye my hair red uh, more than once. Uh, first time I tried to dye it blonde, it came out a, a tragic orange. And then it was uh, more of a red that faded to kind of uh, the color that Layla's hair is. You know, whatever. Like an uh, auburny. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but you've always um, reminded me of her. Um, so oh, I would old. be really surprised that we didn't see this together.
1: Uh, yeah. Well and, and I just want to touch on just, you know, leaning to that nostalgia when at the end of this movie when uh it's the dance scene and they play Bowling for Soups, I Melt With You I was just <laughs> like I was like, I feel like they played this in every movie this year. Yeah. You know what I mean? One hundred percent. I was just like, you couldn't make a movie that year and them not play that, you know? It was, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They're a little yeah, a little and the, actually all of the music in this movie is like are like a nostalgia for 80 for the 80s too which is sort of strange I don't think we were quite there yet Um, but at this time but it's cool I mean it was because it was made by adults that's why
1: (laughs) totally I mean that's why you have like they might be giants in there and you know
0: the Smiths? Which we were there. The we were, we were Smiths there.
1: are in this? I mean, it's a cover. You, were, you and I were pretty cool, all right? Like, we were too cool. fierce. Uh, you know, everyone wants to rule the world. Like, I think we were more with it than you're giving us credit for. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, we I were think this with part it. part of the podcast just developed into very
0: were cool <laughs> i you know i feel every day i like not not the like angst and uh performative goth <laughs> punk nonsense that i was into um sure, sure, sure. May, maybe to some may, maybe to a little degree maybe i'm like letting myself off the hook a little bit more. but i i honestly feel closer to my high school self in my 30s than i do to my college self which i think is like um speaks well of my high school self um yeah fair yeah, I you know,
1: I, I know what you mean, because, like, I feel like in high school, we we knew who we wanted to be and who we were. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't necessarily always, like, fit in what everyone else wanted to be in college. Like you, you had so much more freedom and so many fewer clicks and like a little bit more like room that, like, you kind of tried on other identities a little bit more because like, a little
0: bit more fluid with your identity. Yes, yeah. I agree with that.
1: Yeah. So I, I see what you're saying. I, you know, I, I look back fondly on, on on lots of different iterations of me when I'm having a good day and on bad days I look negatively on all of it. But, you know, that's life, guys. I think that's just uh, called being alive. Take life. your antidepressants. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs>
0: um, so let's, anyway. let's do a quick round and talk about, um, so this movie has like a billion people in it. There are so yes. many characters and I just want so to, many
1: characters. Let's yes. just
0: let's just land on a couple of them and like kind of put them put them juxtaposing the, the, the either their, let's their ha- let's counterpart have, let's have a
1: versus let's let's bring them in versus to yep. uh, save the citizen into the the gym arena and talk about and see who them. comes out on top Yeah, uh, and a battle in a battle. To
0: save the citizens. Yeah. <laughs> ding ding ding. All right, so we're gonna start with Will's parents, uh Steve and Josie Stronghold, aka the commander in Jetstream. Um the commander uh, aka Kurt Russell and Kelly Preston. Yeah, which is which is wonderful casting. Like all the all the kids are basically unknowns and they put their money behind the adults, and I think it plays well. It does.
1: I think. It, I think it works out really well. So.
0: This. This is one of my. I love Kurt Russell as an actor, and this is one of my favorite <laughs> roles that he does. I think he does a great he, job in it. Honestly, he. A lesser actor, this would be crazy because he is a really. Let's. I'm just going to go right into him. He is the character that I think has um, gotten only more complex and interesting as time has gone by. Like he mm. is this. Very, like, um, like a very traditional and like easy to consume Disney dad, but then it's like cut with some really wild toxic masculinity. Yeah. And you yeah. see, you see how like it, it gives you this, like, weird view into what it is to be a quote-unquote exceptional white male right he is obsessed with his image he's obsessed with his strength he's super strong so he's obsessed with his like sense of strength and what that means in the world he is Mm -hmm. firmly stuck in his younger self he's in this case it's high school because that's where his kid is but like he imagines himself always at his like peak self which is a younger version of himself um, and, he, and and he's also, like, conceited in a way that doesn't, like,
1: remember uh, any of the supporting characters in his life. And I'm using supporting tongue-in-cheek yep. here. 100%. Like, he, he considers you know. himself,
0: like, self-made, even though obviously mm-hmm. that's not true. Nope. And nope, his, not at all. And his story arc basically is that he is so excited and eager and, like, chomping at the bit to pass along his privilege as a white man. His power of privilege to his son—that's what he wants to do in the story, and it makes him—it makes him at times like quite a villain in this narrative. And it's absolutely—it's like, but we're we're invited to laugh at him though. He is a goofy. We're invited to laugh at him, and also to know that, like, at the end of the day, like
1: he he probably wishes he could be a better person I don't you know what I mean like yeah. if you weren't so obtuse well he might even be a good man
0: yeah I mean like so we are invited to uh, let's let's get into how we we're invited to laugh at him so like this... well,
1: well real, real quick real quick can I just yeah can I guess just, just throw out a theory of mine yeah in an alternate universe in a parallel world <clears throat> instead of being the commander uh not just because they're played by the same person but literally this character becomes ego and guardians of the Galaxy two. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I thought about that while I was watching this. I was like, oh, that's where it came from. Yeah. yeah it's, like a,
1: it's like a prototype. Like, It's, it's a, like they took mm-hmm. this prototype typical character and like, we're like, okay, but like, what if he had like unlimited power and was like obsessed with passing on his legacy? And
0: like, yeah, it's very, it's very fascinating. Yeah, it, anyway. It maps well. Um, it does. I think we're invited to laugh at him um, in numerous ways. I think his name, the commander, is like basically rendered ironic as he's like yes. not able to discipline his son like can't can't like imagine can't like extract himself from the situation enough to realize that his son like needs to be disciplined sometimes and he's yeah. just like so desperate to be on like the same team the strong old 3 with his son that he like can't consider actually being that good of a father and yeah. then he is literally carried around by his by his wife, uh, Jetstream, because oh she my can God, fly. Yes, he's like he's like just he's just the brute strength of Superman. He can't fly. So, yeah, so he's like and he's like lunch me, honey. Yeah, <laughs> so he's literally like carried around, and it's I've rarely seen a character who has this puffed up masculinity played so firmly for laughs. Like we are, yeah. And and I like it a lot because I think it's appropriate, especially in this movie. But it's a little bit of a double edged sword. Like we are, we're definitely asked to question his validity of like his viewpoint and his his way of carrying himself. But it also kind of lets him off the hook a little bit. Like he's probably yeah. a worse man than we're supposed to feel that he is. Um, yeah, and like it creates misery and suffering in the world to a far greater degree then
1: and doesn't necessarily have to like face up to it uh in any w- way that feels lasting yeah um, no I, we'll, we'll get to the end in the way that yeah it could have done more
0: yeah um yeah exactly um then versus uh we have Josie jetstream his wife um who has the brains in the family
1: yeah uh, she like he makes a joke about her doing her little experiments she doesn't seem to have her husband's ego like she loves her family mm-hmm. but you know like this is, this is very much about, like, saving people, not accolades for her so much, you know? Like, he is thrilled to get awards in a way that, like,
0: it seems like she's along for the ride. Yeah, I think she knows who she married. And she's willing to, like, she's willing to indulge him, but, like, she does not need trophies. She no. she is like a more self-actualized person. Um I, I think it's funny yes. that I mean she's like almost a typical Disney mom to the typical Disney dad where she like runs everything. She runs their their superhero career, their reality career. Every the only time you see anyone doing anything their realtors is their alter egos. The only time you see anybody doing anything with reality, it's her. <laughs> like, right? Yeah, she runs totally. that. She also runs their household. She is the brain yeah. and the heart. She's like you know, in the pivotal moment, we see lots of scenes because um, I think this movie kind of fundamentally has a, a strong um, through thread of like fathers and sons and like what, how that relationship goes. But at the end, but in the in the critical moment, we don't get a moment between Will and Steve. We get a moment between Will and Josie, and she's the one yeah. who delivers. Um, the the lines that allow him to, like, patch up his friendship and save the day, which is basically be like, everybody makes mistakes. You have to own up to them and trust the people that you love. And, like, that's yeah. her thing. And, yeah. you know, it's it's she she ultimately is the adult who um who empowers her child to fix a situation and and come out on top, which is great as much as I think that the place I wish that this would push it is definitely we are <laughs> asked to question and laugh at Steve's usefulness in their relationship. But yeah. I don't think we're asked necessarily to think that their relation de- dynamic is like bad.
1: Yeah. We don't see it as like uneven in, in a way that like, like he should obviously be doing more, Yeah, you know? And, and I don't think that the movie is saying like, Hey, wouldn't it be great if this guy also just contributed some? And yeah, that's 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 leaving that's leaving opportunities on the table.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. I wish that it, I wish that it closed that loop, but I am still I'm still enjoying what they're suggesting here. All right, absolutely. Moving right along. Let's move on to the super adults who are mostly the staff at Sky High. So we got Principal Powers, um who is uh pl- played by
1: the incredible Formerly uh Wonder Woman, uh, which I, I just love. Linda Carter. Oh uh, so good. We got Coach Boomer or Sonic Boom, played by uh Bruce Campbell. Yep.
0: My favorite. Like S- I'm sorry. He's so good. Yeah. He's so good in everything. He's so good. And he's perfectly cast in this. Um yes. and then we have um Mr. Boy, who's played played by Dave Foley, so he's like the kid well, the kid in the hall founder. Um And in this, um, I think that principal power. So in the last round, uh, Josie comes out on top, I think. But uh, Steve, in his own unbeknownst or um, in a way he would never admit to, uh, I think, supports some of the more progressive ideas that this puts forward as an example of what not to do, what how not to be. But I think Josie wins her round for sure. Yes. Oh, totally. In the totally. same way, I think that Principal Powers wins her round. She has the most authority and most follow-through of any adult in this movie. Um, she is tricked like the rest of the adults are in this movie. Totally. But I love her line where um, so Will and his uh, his like automatic arch nemesis, War and Peace are which hilarious oh my god i love that pun so much i loved that pun so much get in a fight in the cafeteria and she throws them in uh detention um and says now here at sky high we do everything we can to teach you how to use your powers but what you do to them is up to you living up to your father's reputation or trying to live it down is a sad waste of talent and i just think it's like so great coming from a a powerful woman basically being like don't be your dad like figure out yeah. your own path like you don't have to do yeah. this um and basically you have literally all the opportunities in front of you yeah and basically encourages them to be their own people and admits that you know everyone has to find their own way and and make their own choices um yeah. i so I, I think she's the best adult in this movie oh, probably for
1: sure I I think that Coach Boomer's fun because it's Bruce Campbell. Uh like but that he's like he's literally meant to be a shit and he is. Well, uh, he's like
0: a mir- he's like a school mirror for Steve, right? Like the way they yeah. shoot him is hilarious. I love what they do. Like, he's wearing, like, goofy gym teacher clothes. He's carrying around a clipboard. Like, it's, like, the most, like, petty symbols of power. And then they shoot yeah. him from that extreme low angle as if he's, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the Orson Welles angle. Yeah, you like, know? super yeah. important. And he's, like... And so, once again, we're in... He's, like, definitely an alpha male. And we are invited yeah. to think that that is goofy and mock his well, power. And the, the, and, well, yeah, this person who is, like, so puffed up that he
1: is... He is useless. Like, yeah, he can make loud noises. Um, but like otherwise, like what like what is he other than a big talker? Like, literally, yeah. his power is shouting.
0: Yeah. Which is really That's funny. It.
1: That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you have um, whereas principal powers, by the way, can like just like like turn into energy and like flash about, like, which is dope as shit. Which is um, so dope. Then you have Mr. Boy. Ah! Who is All-American such an, boy. <laughs> yeah, who's such an interesting character, played by uh, Dave Foley, as Mary already said, um, who we find out was, <clears throat> so we're going to get into this, guys, but uh, something that Sky High does that our girl, girl Layla, does not approve of Mm-mm. is uh, separate out the kids to heroes and, quote, hero support or sidekicks. Um, and you have to go in one group or another, and you are treated differently, and you have different classes. And we find out that he was uh, the commander's sidekick. And the commander's literally never mentioned him. Yeah. And he saved his life multiple times and he's never mentioned him. And he doesn't really remember... Uh, the commander doesn't even really remember his name later, which is a real tough look. But again, you think that the commander's an asshole in that moment. You don't think that, like, you know... Yeah. You're not like...
0: Oh, this forgettable guy. You're like, oh, guy, like, what? Who are you? Like, anyway. And just as Coach Boomer is sort of a caricature of, like, alpha shouty males, um, Mr. Boy is a prototypical beta male. He's gentle. Yeah. He has feelings. He, he, and, and of course, is, is kind of the only adult to give the kids the tools they need in a a definitive way to be successful super people, right? Like he kind of, he champions teamwork. He, he champions. um, It's not like who finishes. It's not who takes the credit for the job. It's that the job gets done. Like things like that. Which we think of as being sort of like a little bit mamby pamby, right? But are right. That is how like real adults li- should live their life. And it, absolutely, if you want to be and, liked at work, and works. it's how the
1: kids at the end are able to like survive. Yeah. So I, you know, we use the term beta male tongue in cheek just because I feel like that has been so. That term I cannot disassociate with like incels and MRA, but you know, oh, of course. Um,
0: no, I mean yeah. this I mean this as in like if you if the jocks are the alphas and uh, the band geeks are the betas, that's how I mean it. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, of course. And and of course in this in this world And as someone who only hung out with jocks in high school. <laughs> <laughs> as people who were definitely jocks in a high school. No? Sure weren't. Sure weren't. Sure weren't. Sure weren't. Um Okay, so let's move on to the kids. So the B-plot romantic couple um, are Magenta and Ethan. I talked about Magenta a little bit at the beginning as this, like, super sullen, (laughs) um, like, pop-punk princess. And Uh Ethan is this, like, braggadocio, obnoxious white dude (laughs) character. Um, Yes. And I think that they are, like, the clearest example of, like, the girls are smarter than the boys.
1: Um, oh, my God. Well, and there are so many good moments between the two of them. Like, uh, Ethan says, Homecoming's oh, stupid. And
0: Magenta's like, yeah, but I still want to go. He's like, oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> I actually... <laughs> like... Yeah, this is sort of... of sweet. This is sort of a tie for me. I think Magenta comes out on top only because I love that we have a teenage girl who is basically like anti smile, honey, it'll make you prettier culture. Like she is the anti smile. Yet, yet we also have like kind of a, a hint that her femininity is not something that she should be ashamed of. It's not like a rejection. Sometimes we get tough girls that are like, I'm just like one of the boys. She's not like that at all. She, no, for sure. And, and she has a power where she becomes something little and cuddly And, like, kind of feminine, but, like, still maintains her attitude, and I think that's very important. Also, it must be said, she actually is the hero
1: at the end of the day. She actually saves them. Like, literally, they will all have died if she had not been able to turn into a guinea pig and go and shoot through a wire. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um though I do also think so she definitely comes up on top because of this round because of her round because she actually saves the school but I think that Ethan deserves some honorable mentions in that Agreed. I think you see him almost as like a path out of toxic masculinity like if he had had Well he starts off, it's funny because yeah yeah you're right he starts off pretty toxic. He starts off you know? toxic and and really he is rendered uh he is able to find his way out because he has a lame power. His power is that he glows, and that is like immediately put in like sidekick territory, like not cool. Nobody cares about his power, but he kind of remains very proud of it like he you hear him yeah. oftentimes talking about how like his power is important, and it's always in like kind of a auxiliary helper place and mm-hmm. and and like a like a he has like a pacifist power, and you see, i think that he gets he makes his way out and is not going to turn out like coach boomer or the commander because he has he has recognized in himself that he has this power that does not allow him to compete in that sphere and like command attention he has to yeah. he has to cooperate and be with other people and and kind of like be a gentle leader as opposed to a commanding leader he can lead the way yeah. through his light not by his strength or his voice and that's kind of cool that's a, it's really cool. I I, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a teenage boy character quite like this. Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our antagonists. All right. Uh,
1: so we got Gwen versus Warren. So in the category of Gwen, we have uh we have a case of of a supervillain turned into a baby who then had to grow up all over again. So Gwen Grayson is Royal Payne, uh, the original arch nemesis that brought the commander and Jetstream together. Uh,
0: or Sue Ten- Tennyson, which is her like name in the back. I-, I I I think we can call her Gwen and Sue kind of interchangeably. Well, I'll probably mostly yeah, refer to her as Gwen.
1: Yeah, just because that's, that's how we meet her. And that is, you know, like, I think if you and I were tomorrow turned into babies and raised all over again like while we might one day crew our original memories like that 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 second life would still be like our life you know what i mean so like yeah gwen obviously this is a weird hypothetical for me to be like and and the reality of what you and i tomorrow become babies but whatever right what i mean
0: i think that i think i like gwen in this movie because i feel like um, in a film that invites you to question the role, like, it invites you to interrogate how gender impacts your place in the world, as is basically everything that we do on this podcast, because hello. Um, <laughs> hello. Thanks for joining us. She feels like uh, Muppet Baby's uh, Gone Girl performance of gender, where you have, she's like hyper femme, but she's a cool girl around the boys. And that's kind of cool. That's a cool way of a cool take on mean, mean girl Miss um, yeah. and, and where, where that comes from and why we're not supposed to like her. I, I, we'll get into her more. She's a very complicated character, and I like her a lot. But for the purpose of her antagonistic role, that is what interests me about her, um, compared to Warren.
1: So Warren starts off with someone who, uh, his mother is a hero, his father was a villain, his father has three life sentences because of the commander, and so for some reason he is automatically mad at Will. Um, but, like, his character's inconsistent to me, Mm -hmm. because, like, he hates Will just on sight initially, and then, like, doesn't anymore. Like, I guess after they fight and go to detention, like, I mean, he still doesn't like him, but he's not, like, trying to kill him anymore, you know? Yeah. And then they, are like, are able to work together and, like, save people in, like, a game, and then, like, he becomes friends, quote-unquote unwillingly, with all of Will's friends, but, you know, like, Whatever, you can try a lot harder not to be friends with people, you know? Oh uh, yeah.
0: No, his he so, is like deeply kind to Layla. Like that's Oh, so kind. That's I've where such a soft spot in my heart for Warren Peace. That immediately um, wins me over to him. I, I thought yeah. a lot about him because I agreed with you. I was like, he's sort of a weird antagonist in this film, but I think what interests me the most about him is I was thinking about so this movie is full of dangerous toxic males and like how they yeah. interact in the world. And he didn't really feel that way to me, but he is also the character that they most call out for being dangerous. And I tried to like locate where that is because he doesn't feel... When you're as a viewer, you don't really see him as dangerous. Something that I saw about War and Peace is that uh, I
1: think that by being something that... uh, Again, we've already hinted at that we weren't like the Jackson School. Just by being on the outside of what is considered... Um, the acceptable rules to be in society, that's what made him dangerous more so than, like... Like, other than if you if you wash away that initial him trying to, like, use fire to kill well in a way that doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. I think otherwise the thing that makes him dangerous is literally just not being, like, the all-American,
0: like, white boy, you know? Absolutely. And I think also he makes the viewer question whether or not these superheroes are the ones who should be laying out justice. He, he is part of, of questioning why power dynamics are bad. Like uh, when you see yeah. this and you see him and you see that he can like forge his own path, but like there's this stigma that he has a super villain as a dad. You're like, well, but Steve's not great. <laughs> like, the commander's not yeah. great. So, like, really, no. who is he to decide who is who is good or who is bad? And we never really understand. We never yeah, find out. You, you never find out what it was that his dad did that was so
1: bad. And then I'm sure that that would have made it black and white. So I'm going to just say that... Uh, they wanted it to be ambiguous so we could interrogate it.
0: <laughs> I think so, too. I mean, I think that his yeah. his danger is not one of aggression. We have a lot of aggressive men in this movie. And he is... Oh, my God. The bullies and shit? Yeah. yeah.
1: And, and that's not him, actually. No.
0: Like, other than his
1: weird thing with Will, again, which is them just... That is, again, them trying to, like, inherit the roles of their father the way that, like, yeah. everybody is just... No one is an individual. We are all in an echo chamber, and we are all acting out the roles that we have been assigned to us until we decide not to.
0: Yeah, exactly. But he is dangerous because in the world of superheroes and villains, he is not black he is or an, white. In a binary. Yeah, yeah. He's he he makes you question it a little bit. Um, yeah. So I think overall, um, I would say this is basically a tie between the two of them. I think
1: it's a draw because like Gwen is really. I mean she's she's a villain and she wants to do bad things and she's a mean girl to Layla but like she's also dope and powerful so like you know I And but, she's an interesting is, villain. She's interesting. Yeah, she's and not Warren is interesting as like as a as a near antagonist turned not antagonist. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah, so agreed. All right, coming to the big show. Our last pairing, yeah, big show.
0: Will versus Layla. So Will is as most main protagonists, pretty generic. He's a generic male protagonist. He has some emotional beats. That grant him some grace that I like, endear him to me and make me like him more. Like, yeah, like
1: like he notices that like he's being shitty to Layla instead of like
0: he's not a bad person,
1: but he's still no, he's not a bad person. He's he's a dumbass kid who's like a bad friend a couple times and realizes he's being a bad friend and tries to be better. Yeah,
0: and I and I think that he represents. Um, I don't think at any point his masculinity becomes toxic, or at least. He learns that lesson not to be a bad, not to be a bad dude.
1: Well, and he's not like, and, 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 and even though like he loves his father or whatever, he isn't obsessed with keeping his father's legacy. Like in the beginning when he thinks he is a sidekick in front of all of his friends, he tells his dad that that's what he is. Yeah. Um, and he says that it's a fine thing to be and then goes and sits down and everyone and like, it clearly means a lot to them. Yeah. Like he does, a, he does several. He has several moments of being
0: a good kid, you know, a, a good person. Yeah, you, you like him because of that, and it's sort of funny. I feel like um, this movie does something weird for a uh, teen movie, where it's almost like he is more interested in living up to his parents' expectations versus his peers, and in doing yeah. and in doing so and defying them, he turns into a, a good. He's like on his way. He honors his peers, and becomes, like, a fully formed human, which is yeah. which is an interesting thing. Usually, I think that there's, like, an inverse of that in stories, and that does not work in a story like this, which is about questioning power. Like, yeah. you, you know, typically, you have a teenager and their parent who just loves them and wants them to do well, but they're, like, messing up because of their friends, and then they find real good friends, and then they start living up to their parents' expectations. This movie does not yeah, yeah. do that, and that's cool. Um, yeah. Layla, however, takes this round because she's awesome. <laughs>
1: I love oh my god, so Layla just—it's it, guys. It's like impossible. Um, like we're gonna do a deeper dive into Layla, but, but just like Layla comes out swinging from the very beginning. Uh, like when they are getting sorted, in between being superheroes and sidekicks or hero support, she is told by Coach Boomer that she needs to uh show her powers in order to be sorted. She says, I believe in only using my powers when the situation demands it. And uh, Bruce Campbell says, well, you're in luck. This is a situation and I'm demanding it. She said, but to, to but to participate in this test would be to support a flawed system. The whole hero-sidekick dichotomy only serves to... And he, like, cuts into her and is like, let me get this straight. You're freezing to your show your powers. It's so, like, it's more complicated. And she he makes her be a sidekick. And she takes that because... Even though she's incredibly powerful, she understands that systems of oppression are born from separating people into arbitrary binaries and telling them what they can and cannot be before they've had a chance to reach their potential. And that by even participating in that test, you're honoring this system. In fact, it reminded me of Audrey Rich, Audrey Lord, and Alice Walker going up to accept the National Book Award because the three of them had drafted a letter... Uh, in case any of the three of them won to be read. So when they tried to award it to Audrey and Rich, she was like, "No, no, no, I can't accept it on by myself. I'm accepting it on behalf of all womankind because we're accepting it for every woman out there and not a patriarchal system that will like pit us against each other. And it was powerful. And that is that's the kind of energy that Layla brings to this moment. And for that alone, goddamn. Yeah, I want to give her uh, I I, she I I, as far as I'm concerned, she could kick anyone's ass in this uh, in this pair off. You know,
0: I mean, even when they're talking about when uh, Coach Boomer is describing power placement, she's like, that sounds fascist. I loved it. Yes. Um, Yes! I also love where she insists that they use inclusive language while discussing zombies. The zombies (laughs) coming at you and all he wants is your brain or her (laughs) like so good or she Um, him or her. Uh, I like that also she doesn't it, – it, on the equal side of Will not believing Gwen's uh, nonsense when she's trying to, like, gaslight him about his own friends, she also does not at any point blame Gwen for her unhappiness at Will. No. Yeah, she lays the blame like correctly on her friend. Um, yeah. For,
1: even for not being a good friend.
0: Even when Gwen know? gets really aggressive with her, and I definitely would have been like, that girl can – you know, <laughs> and the, the
1: the movie is inviting us yeah. to uh to be like Gwen's a bitch, and yep. Layla's like nope, no no no, she's just a person, and my friend is the person who's in- enabling this. Yeah, um, which she's not wrong. She's not wrong. We should all... will go to college. Uh Layla will go to a women's college, find a nice girl fall in love. I'm just I'm, I'm kind of kidding. I, but uh, you know.
0: No, that's 50/50. that's pretty bright That's pretty right. Um we should all, and the reason I know that's right is because uh we should all hope to be like Layla in high school and you were. You were like Layla in uh, high
1: school. Oh, girl, that, that's like literally the most flattering thing. You're you're the fucking sweetest. Aww, um It's true. You're yeah, you're you're my hero, anyway.
0: <clears throat> so let's take a let's take a deeper dive into Gwen Grayson, Sue uh, Royal Pain. Yes, please. All of those things. Um, I think that she. So her storyline is that she uh, was a technopath, which when uh, Steve and Josie were in high school, um, in one assumes like, like the seventies and eighties, hmm? probably late seventies, yeah, early eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um that uh well they would be like my parents age yeah so like 70s um that no one understood it yet because technology was not a big deal yet or was like was kind of like just coming on coming into its own and she was um sidelined her powers were misunderstood and she was stuck in hero support And Mm -hmm. this basically created uh, a situation where she was like, "This system is garbage." Unfortunately, she decided that the way to um, fix it was not to question the system and, um, you know, kind of rise up, raise awareness, and rise up and be better than the system. But instead,
1: to um, hurt a lot of other people. Well, Uh, to basically
0: become like a school, like a school, like a terrorist or a school shooter. uh, Hashtag Shades of Kylo. Uh, yeah. Like, don't do that! Oh <laughs> don't do that. Um, right, we've had our
1: bonus episode. Can we all just accept the canonical Kylo? Anyway, anyway I'm not. Anyway, sh- anyway.
0: I'm not sure. I can't know. But, but it's weird. It is. It is weird to see this play out again. Um, but like, I so I I understand her. Even while I admit that the path she takes is not one that anyone should take um and that's oh, separate sure. that truly does create her a villain i do i think that she has like moments of feminist power in that i think that she sees this power differential and all heroes as different versions of the commander um and she has the wit to decide that the best thing to do to a a white man who doesn't deserve <laughs> the um the authority that he has is to turn him into a baby.
1: <laughs> I think no, that's which is which is pretty clever. pretty hilarious. It really is. It's a, it's, a, it's it's a pretty hilarious move. Um, an overgrown, puffed up baby of a man becomes a literal baby. Yeah, uh, yeah, No. Um, it's, a, it's 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 kind of ingenious. So the writers of this were pretty good. All right, pretty the, good. The punch up crew did
0: a did a pretty dope job. Yeah, I did a good job. So, what do you think about the fact that she's a t- technopath?
1: Um, so I think that it's, what's very interesting about it is that technology allows for you to, uh, create power. It's also, um, like, because you are building something yourself, it's not necessarily inherent, but to be good at it, it's something that, um... Silicon Valley is full of like tech bros. Like mm-hmm. we carve out that space for ourselves. Well, I mean, more than even we are
0: given that, space. even now to be a like a STEM woman is to that's that's what I mean. Put yeah, up with that's a lot of male bullshit. Like,
1: yeah. So it is really cool that that's her power because, like, I don't know. I have always been drawn to technology. It's really dope seeing someone. And it's also it reminds me of uh, Willow when Willow like combines her witchcraft with her like hacking abilities and like basically like melts into like her laptop you know it's it's dope it's really cool and 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 because it's not um it's not a space that uh it's a space that there was gatekeeping from for women it's cool that that is her power and so i i appreciate that Mm -hmm. personally
0: i know i want there to be i want there to be a like you know just justice for gwen's for gwen or slash sue Uh, storyline. Some sort of
1: rehab or a place for her to go where she can like use her powers or like I don't know. You know what I mean?
0: Or even if we just see it from her perspective um, I think all this stuff is built in Um, It requires interrogation I think uh, like when I first saw it I wasn't necessarily like Gwen's actually right but Gwen is actually right. I mean she's not right to try to kill everybody.
1: She's not not right and she's like yeah. But she's really rude to Layla and like and she's petty She's too petty to be right. Yeah. But if she weren't petty, if she was a little more pure with her mission, if she was a little bit more like sister, join me. Yeah. That was that was actually I realized I'm talking about like Darth Vader basically with our powers combined. She was a little more
0: Vader. Yeah.
1: Um, but then, then I think she'd be like a, a stronger feminist icon. Yeah. Um, for sure. But I do think that she has. I think if this movie were made in 2020, it'd be different. I think that. Yeah.
0: One hundred percent. It'd be quite different. I I, probably all all the
1: trappings are here for something a little bit, uh, a little bit more radical. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. I almost wonder. I feel like I feel like now probably we wouldn't have sort of uh, I can't decide either. We would have something where um, we have sort of like a Maleficent story where we see it from her perspective and we are invited to pity her. Or Mm -hmm. and didn't identify with her or um, they would simply not make it because the idea of, it depends on whose hands it was in or they simply wouldn't make it because the idea that you would put forth a flawed uh, you would uh, show a hero who is like exemplifies toxic masculinity in this way would be like a little bit too much. <laughs> like, they would be like, no. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that. I'm, I'm, uh,
1: I think if this movie were made today, it would be a very different movie. Either Almost way. Almost maybe unrecognizable. Yeah. In fact, she would probably not be a villain at all.
0: No. Or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or it would be like, you wouldn't have such kind of clear lines. Uh, it wouldn't be a black and
1: white thing. It'd be more like uh, a yeah. back. Uh, it would be more like Catwoman.
0: Yeah, totally. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or I mean, I <laughs> my hot
1: take is the Catwoman's not a villain. No, okay. really. <laughs> no, she's she's
0: an antagonist, but she's not a villain. Um, yeah, or she's an antagonist to the like b- the supposed protagonist. Listen to our Catwoman. Well. Listen to our Batman begin. Uh, Batman Returns episode for for more or
1: or as I like to call it the Catwoman episode. The Catwoman episode.
0: <laughs> um, all right. Moving on from Gwen slash Stu, Sue, let's go deeper dive uh, into Layla.
1: Can I just go through some of my greatest hits on what makes Layla dope? Yep. I
0: wish you would. Okay, way.
1: so first off, when we meet Layla and she comes in, then like, guys, I'm, I'm not a vegetarian,
0: but... uh, We, we, it's, we it's, talked at to the big of top favorite. of the episode about how much we like steak.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We like steak, just not, you know, necessarily like... Steak restaurants. Like, I don't need to go Ruth Chris. Like, I can probably find a cooler bar that has, like, steaks and, you know, uh, cocktails or not or whatever. Like, live your best life. Anyway, it's fine. Yeah. Layla comes in and uh, the stronghold family is uh, making breakfast and they have uh, eggs and bacon. And Layla's like, So, you know how my mom can talk to animals? Turns out they don't like to be eaten. just and like that's our introduction to her and she's just good from there i know she gets like those sunglasses and deal with it like it's yes it's amazing like also like the first time that like will's kind of like "Mm," when will is sitting with gwen and gwen like is basically like you can't sit with us and like uh instead of being like will this is what you always are she's like hey Meet me at this Chinese restaurant. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Like, you know, yeah, we're fine. We can be friends. Uh, he doesn't show up, but still. Uh, that night when, like, he's feeling weird about being a sidekick, she uh, grows a tree so she can, like, be lifted up onto the roof so she can talk to him about how, like, you know, who do they think they are splitting us up into groups? It's almost like we're in high school or something. Yeah. And, you know... She's very tongue-in-cheek. She's very clever. She doesn't want to fight people, but the second that someone, like, hurts her, it's like, you know, like, it wasn't that I wasn't powerful. It's that I didn't want to do this. But if yeah. you're going to
0: make me do this, bitch, I'm there, you know? The best part about her is I she has ethics and she sticks to her guns. Like, she doesn't... And her ethics are good. And her like, ethics are might, solid. Yeah. They might have been a laugh line at some point.
1: Um, I don't think that this movie is asking you to laugh at them, but I think that... The reality of it being made in two thousand five. I think that she was probably it was a little bit like ah, ha, ha, I roll, but now you're
0: like, what a radical bad bitch. You yeah, know? I'm not even sure. I mean, like probably. I think like the some smaller, people. the smaller ones. Like I think when she like they don't like being eaten. That probably for some people was like comedic. Um, it, like, I mean, it is comedic. It is but it's funny. Not comedic. I don't. I don't think that she's, she's not wrong. That joke. Right? Like, she's not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's what I mean. I don't think that they ever necessarily invite you to think that her viewpoints are the butt of the joke. It's more like yeah. I could see potentially people being like, "Oh, she's like a kind of a hippie."
1: Yeah, they call her like a flower
0: child and stuff. The only the only thing that I think it doesn't weaken her as a character. I I, I don't even. I think that her her Fair. attraction to Will. Yep. Is a little suspect, but you know what? It actually feels right to me. Uh, on pre- it, it feels right in terms of being a kid. Everyone's supposed to have sort of a dumb boyfriend in high school. Well, and also like I okay, so I feel like half of like what's happening in
1: high school is like. Sure, you're developing attraction, but you're also being told that this is a time when you're supposed to be a developing attraction and mm-hmm. other people around you are doing it. And so, like, it's like, all right, well, like, who are you going to be tracking? Like, I had a major crush on a dude who, in retrospect, maybe gay. Mm. Like, maybe, like, I don't speak to him anymore, but like, I'm not going to name names, but you know who I'm talking I about. I do. Uh, like, years I spent thinking about that guy. And I think part of it was like, oh, this gay. It's easy, you know, because like there was in, in an objective way. It was all very odd that that was something that was so. um Yeah. Anyway, the bottom line is there's a performativity aspect that like you're not really aware of doing. But like, you know, it, may, it makes sense to me One, like,
0: that that would 1000% being into people who are a little bit beneath you or are convenient to like. Yes. which I think will falls into both those categories, but not in a gross way like like no, they're going to go to they're going to go to college and he's going to grow a lot and she's going to break up with him and start dating someone else. And they're both going to end up better people because they were in totally. this relationship and then they totally. moved past it 100 yeah. percent. But like, yeah, so I, I think it kind of reads like that. And, and it's sweet. And I'm glad that she is at least the romantic pursuer. You get it from her perspective, not his, which I think is important. Um, yeah, she and, and when him. she's
1: quote-unquote using someone like it's it's with full consent of that person, yeah. you know. It's not like it's not like oh, I like you. I didn't really like you. I liked someone else the whole time. It's like, hey, the whole reason why we're doing this is because of this and he's like, "Great. I'm on board."
0: Yeah. And there's not a weird there's no weird transfer. Um I do think it's funny. Although- I mean, I wish you were into him. I think he's way cuter and more interesting. Um, Uh, And like, this is a weird thing to say is like, I I hate, I hate, I hate as like adults, especially if you're like talking about like a show like Riverdale and you're like, oh, yikes, (laughs) yikes, Orama. Yeah. But I do think that the romance, the two, the two like romantic moments are both like, are both like really kind of like, they're they're sexy, right? Like when you see her and Will like twirling outside of the dance uh, in the air, that's like a romantic, pretty thing. That's like a that it, f- it feels very Superman and Lois Lane. Like I, I yeah, like. totally. It's 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 emblematic, but it still feels a little bit fresh. And I I liked that a lot. Yeah. I thought that that was a cool moment. And then um Warren at the dance, uh, a woman sidling up to her to him, and you kind of see her as a background character. She's like the girl who can freeze people and she mm-hmm. freezes her arm and like offers it to him and then he takes it with his firearm and then they create steam i'm like that's hot. that's a hot yeah. that's a hot thing to do i like that can, can
1: we just take a moment um so is that elsa great question
0: she's a blonde yes is <laughs> she, she is, a blonde. is she presupposing elsa hands. yeah i do think it's interesting that you have um layla's power is to uh, animate plant life and control it And I I think it sits, it's sort of like the direct opposite of what Gwen's power is, right? She is of the natural world, whereas Gwen is of the technological world. And um, that only gives me pause because I feel like that's sort of an area where typically superhero women are allowed to live. um, Yeah. Because it doesn't threaten men, but it really should.
1: (laughs) No, it should. Well, because like Storm... She comes from badass. Storm,
0: who's the coolest X Man. Yeah, yeah, one thousand percent
1: the coolest X Men.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do. That, that's that's one thing that I think is a little bit a little bit more traditional than I would like, but sure. I still don't care because like it's clearly a reference to Storm, who is the coolest. Agreed. And controlling and controlling, controlling plant life is a, a legitimately awesome power,
1: especially the level at which she can control it is really powerful yeah
0: but i could see where you could maybe have sort of this like ooh, the girl who's into technology is bad yeah but the, the girl- beautiful natural girl versus it's it's exactly yeah. like it's not exactly like but it's
1: very similar to our conversation about the craft like yes. the appropriate kinds of like femininity and the appropriate kinds of like interest for women and like those who need to be punished for not being like of the nature and of nature and whatever but um yeah totally but i don't i don't think
0: that that's exactly what this movie's trying to do no um yep all right so at its core i think that this film invites us to interrogate how systems of power work um Mm -hmm. and why uh and look at uh oppression and equality through the lens of super people um yeah i think that a lot of this like classification and like the sort of the the pc sizing of like hero support and things feels very animal farm to me like all animals are equal but some animals are more equal than others yeah totally um and and they mostly play this sort of for laughs like there's a i I love it's like a throwaway laugh line but it's they're sitting in the cafeteria and you hear over the over the announcements it's principal powers being like uh the cafeteria staff would like to request that uh hero support people people in hero support stop ordering hero sandwiches, which is really funny yeah
1: it's really funny but I also made a note about it because like it's very clear that
0: like while it's a laugh line like they do treat them differently like right? yeah, absolutely well and then and then it's doubled down on the I think one of the best uh, like kind of pivotal pieces of this is the conversation that will has in their kitchen after he's like brought his friends home from school. And, um, yeah, his father is basically like talking about sidekicks the same way, uh, as like this ultimate sign of that like that this power construct that they have put in place rewards the deserving haves and fully feels like the have nots are undeserving. and it it's it can be easily coded into bigotry uh, based on race, gender, sexual preferences, whatever you want um steve's comment is good for you son so uh so steve uh, will tells steve that all of these kids are hero support after steve's been making kind of like snide comments about how their powers are all lame and he kind of he kind of like looks at will and you think he's going to realize that his son is also in hero support but he doesn't instead what he says is this good for you son kid of your stature hanging out with a bunch of sidekicks as a freshman I didn't have the guts, and I can only imagine what your grandfather would have said if I brought some of them home. Like that grandfather comment is insane. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, like, right? That's totally. That's absolutely like a oh, hanging out with the black kids. That's that's gutsy. My grandfather wouldn't have liked it, but you know, I'm one of those good new uh, new neo neolibs. I pay lip service. Um, yeah, totally. I pay yeah, lip totally. service to this while I directly benefit from this unjust system. So I will not. I will not try to dismantle it. It's an act of charity to include everyone. But, yeah. you know, some people are more equal than others, right? <laughs> like, that is, that uh, I think I'll is the crushing it. blow. And Will rejects yeah, no, it. it. Right? Like, immediately yeah, it's like, Will's nope. Will's a badass. Yeah. At least in that moment. He has other moments yes. I don't like him no, as much. Of, but, yeah. No, of, of course.
1: Which we've, which we've talked about. Like, Will's not a perfect character. But that is one of those moments where I am
0: very proud of him as a character. Yeah, And, yeah. Um, th- probably my favorite part of this this movie's theme of kind of exploring systems of power is that it is played in a very heightened, in equal parts heightened and realistic. Like, none of us have to worry about if if we are able to fly or not, right? And right. because it is so goofy and kind of over the top... It serves as sort of like um, an allegory people can be comfortable with. Like if you are an American and you are white and you are like middle class or above, you could maybe see a place where you're like, oh, in this in this world, I have the ability to fly and I expect the rest of the population without any without any um, social intervention or um, or systems in place to to provide equal and fair support. I'm expecting people who can merely glow to keep up with me, right? And that's crazy. Yeah. Like, so I think it's kind of like pr- it, it it demonstrates privilege in a way that is um, that is sort of gentle and obvious to other people, where you're like, well, no, that's not right. Who is t- who can say that glowing is is not equally valid in context? Certain contexts is flying, right? Yeah.
1: But instead, like we've privileged one of them and then also been like hope you can make it work buddy even though like we treat like a second class system
0: right it's your fault you don't get to have this thing because you can't fly something intrinsic to your being which you cannot help so the only thing that i would that i would criticize about this particular uh story is i feel like they biff it on closing the loop on this idea of uh power structures being um unfair I think that what we needed. Agreed. What we needed at the end was we needed. So, at the end, right, like the sidekicks all save the day. Um, the commander acknowledges and validates Mr. Boy's uh, <laughs> contrib- contribution. Yeah. And,
1: and it's an, saving his life more than once. And it's yeah.
0: it's a nice moment. Uh, Josie smooches him, which I'm like, hmm, what if there was something going on there. That's fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I don't blame her. Um, well, I don't blame her either. Yeah, I mean his his blue eyes do pop. I get it. Um, <laughs> and uh, but the, and then they go into a uh, a con- like I I like the sequence artistically where you the kind of the story becomes a comic book and you have Will narrating what happens and like the bad guys get sent to prison, the good guys. You know, continue to flourish, but they never make it clear that Sky High learns its lesson and abolishes this two track system and begins valuing teamwork over creating singular heroes. Um, so it lands in a place of the message of the film being something that people learn on a personal level, not a systemic level, and that is a failing of this movie.
1: It it really is, and that and that is what like, and I hinted at this at the beginning of the podcast record, and and I am glad that this is where we are uh, wrapping because it's great that Layla understands at the beginning that uh that, that this dichotomy, this binary. Is unjust. It is wild that this movie has these kids that have been like relegated to hero support, who literally save everyone with their quote unquote sidekick powers. And like the big moment is like they're like, here they are. Let's. L- this award belongs to the sidekicks. I mean hero support. I mean heroes. But like we just said that we didn't change anything about the system at yeah. all. And these kids are still stuck in quote unquote. Hero support. Like,
0: that sucks. Yeah. Especially since there does seem to be fairly clear commentary that the power, the systems of power are corrupting the heroes. Like, as bad as they are from the hero support, they are morally. They're morally bankrupting the people that we're going to hand power over to now, which feels very pre like feels pretty right <laughs> given where we are <laughs> politically now, right? Yeah, like totally. Like you have you have this this theme. It's it's sort of wild, like in Save the Citizen. You have this like avenue, so the the players can choose whether or not to, whether to be the heroes or the villains. And you see so you see this like school-sanctioned avenue t- for these students, these powerful students, to express their villainous tendencies without any like emotional support as to why that should be. Like Stephen Lash, the main bullies, this film should be on a watch list. Like yeah, they choose to agreed. be villains all the time. They beat up their classmates. Like they need to be, they need to be cons, watch, <laughs> you know, they, they yeah. are, they are in a bad way. And instead they're sort of just, um, uh, endlessly boys rewarded. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even worse than that, that's like, yep, that's, 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 these are the privileges of being a hero. Like you can get away with this kind of stuff. Like,
1: it's, yeah, no one stops them from bullying, even from the beginning, and people watch them do it, and it's never even called out as being bad.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, you understand, and I think it provides nice context and contrast between um, Gwen's villainy, which is sort of, like, born out of her struggle to move from sidekick to hero, to hero which but via, via villainy, right? Like that's yeah. her internal par- piece, but these guys are just handed power, and it immediately corrupts them. <laughs> like that is what yeah. happens. Um, so you well,
1: and even uh, even even stronghold, even uh, the commander. Like, well, I don't think we're supposed to think that like he he is corrupted just by nature of who he is. Uh, he has an ego. He's easily manipulated. And we don't, like, like you've mentioned before, we don't know what he put War and Peace's dad in for. Like, mm-hmm. even the people that we're supposed to take as good, even the people who, like, don't actively try to help someone become a, like, massive supervillain, what evidence do we have that they're good, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. I so they needed, they need to, like, do some tight, they should have tightened that up a little bit. Um, I, I do think that, like, kind of what we talked about before. it's not that the adults are insane. It's just that like you become a more intense intense version of your high school self in this world. And I think that that basically tracks like you have bullies in workplaces. like adults adult just because you become an adult doesn't mean you like magically get past um, your systems of power. If anything, they become worse. Yeah, I agree. Or you're at least you're, you can cause a lot more damage as an adult. And I, I, I think that that's baked in there, but then they don't really give you, um, they, they don't give you a satisfying, tied-up answer. And I don't think it's like, to be like, the world is messy, not everything is easy. Like, we are supposed, this is supposed to be like, the happiest of endings. So that's a disappointment I have with this movie. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. So, final thoughts. What do you think? What, how do we land at the end I
1: mean, I think that this movie is definitely feminist um, because it has uh, – Layla is a strong, amazing character. Gwen is an interesting character. We have um, – we do have the, quote-unquote, the people relegate as weak coming together, the people relegate as outsiders coming together and saving others, and – also, it's a lot of fun. It's a fun movie, guys. Like you got you got a couple hours and wanna watch like a movie from like our youth or you are a youth and wanna watch a movie that's a blast from the past. Hello, fellow Check kids. Check it out. Watch a yeah, movie. I know. Yeah. That's 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 why I keep on calling you youths because I think I mean funny. I love um, it.
0: I love it. I'm not that out of touch with reality, yeah, but you of know. Course. Um I agree. I mean, I think that it's it's like a lower case it's a lowercase feminist movie, you know, like a, like Layla does a lot of the heavy lifting there. Um, I do think that it touches on issues of power in a fairly unique way that I wish more um, superhero movies would explore. I think that what we have now in a lot of Marvel movies, especially, which, which are good at like kind of creating complicated characters and minding their flaws so that we care about them, is it's, it's very heightened. It's heightened in a way that makes it almost inaccessible. Yeah. Like it's not it's not like, oh, you know who watches the Watchmen yeah. is another good example like where it's just like such heightened to such a degree that basically what you you land on is is a place where you're like well i guess there's no answer yeah but i do think that this movie kind of implies no there's an answer like you could you could find your way out of this um and and it's ultimately because it provides you with like a safe on-ramp to discuss equality and why it's important yeah absolutely you know and to think of ways individually, you can you can change the systems that you live in. Um, whereas it, on such a massive scale, you might not land there. Instead, you're just like Captain America and Iron Man aren't friends anymore. Boo hoo! <laughs> Which is not quite the no, same totally. thing. No, totally. You know. Totally.
1: I don't know, Mary. Um, Captain America and Iron Man not being friends is the thing that keeps me up at night. So
0: the greatest <laughs> tragedy in <Yeah>. the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I recommend it. I think it's a really fun movie, um, and I think it has interesting themes, so it's worth it. It's a, it like it like uh, Gwen Grayson is a movie before its time.
1: Indeed,
0: oh Gwen Grayson,
1: you were you were a woman before your time. If your movie was made today, things would have been quite different. Well, that was excellent, Mary. Thank you for recommending Sky High.
0: Woo-hoo! Super thrilled. Mm-hmm. Super thrilled. I get it. <laughs>
1: Uh, Thank you, as always, for listening to Space Bras. Uh, Please head over to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, the podcast app of your choice to please rate and review us. Five stars. Um, (laughs) And uh, if you want to check us out on social media, we are uh, on Instagram and Twitter and sometimes Facebook at Space underscore Bras with an S. And... You can also find us over at OutrageousMechanisms.com slash space dash bras or uh, by emailing us at
0: um, SB at com. Awesome. And yeah, definitely make sure to watch, watch out because next week uh, we are covering a movie called Paradise Hills, which has unbelievable visuals. If you're not sure you so want to watch pretty. this movie... We're gonna be posting some things on our social medias that I think will convince you. Yeah, we'll do some gifts up there and <laughs> that shit. you want to it's see this
1: movie. Beautiful, so pretty.
0: holy shit! Uh, Mary, how can people watch Great it? Great question. I'm pretty sure you just have to pay for it. I'm pretty okay. sure. Yeah. Um, it didn't. So, it did get released in the United States. It was released first in Spain. It premiered at Sundance. It's just not. It hasn't had as much. Uh, distribution as one would hope but the plus side is it's very cheap to buy <laughs> so get, get over to your yeah, iTunes on
1: YouTube and Google Play it's only $3.99 yeah. um, you know just Google it check it out it's worth it Yeah, I promise
0: and until then please join us as we raise our glasses and give the official toast of Space Bros. in these troubled times we must remember that even though everyone else might suck we are awesome and the galaxy is ours. Cheers. Cheers. Outrageous.